On Facebook, I saw this. Quote, we just bought our dream beach house and we stayed there for the first time this week. I have a million more pictures, but here's a few. We are so blessed and lucky to call this our second home. We have five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, a pool, a hot tub, and a 360 degree view of the sound and the ocean. Hashtag blessed. German researchers did a study they called Envy on Facebook. <laughs> and they found, quote, social network use triggered envy among users with the biggest sources of jealousy being the happiness of others, especially the way other people spend their vacations and the way they socialize. Now, uh, this particular post about the beach house did not happen to trigger Facebook envy in me, not because I'm so spiritual, but because I don't want all the upkeep. <laughs> I keep imagining the pool pump breaking down. You know? <laughs> so, but what if the post had been about something I want. In my, in my 20s, I resented this guy. He actually worked in the office next to mine. Um, he had graduated from the same college I did, the same year I did, but he was already like several levels ahead of me in the company and his career was opening up dramatically quickly. And if they'd had Facebook, Facebook back then and he had posted, I got a promotion, hashtag blessed, I would have felt the dragon claws of Facebook envy. Now today, that post, if it existed, wouldn't bother me at all. I love what I do. Um, but if somebody my age posts, so glad to have great health, traveling again, I might feel it. So let me ask you a few questions. Number one, what is it that somebody could post that would trigger Facebook envy in you. Maybe that person has an easier life. Maybe they have a spouse. Maybe they have a better spouse. <laughs> Maybe uh, they have kids. Maybe their kids seem to be high achieving and not struggling like some of yours may be, maybe they have a nicer home or their family doesn't seem to fight at Christmas. <laughs> Remember, it's just the photos. <laughs> All right, so that's question number one. Essentially, what would make you feel that Facebook envy, envy, that feeling of being unblessed? Now, question number two, what is it that would make you feel blessed? What is it that would make you feel that way? Think about that for a moment. Now these questions really matter because they affect how you and I go through our days. They influence our relationships. They directly affect the way that we respond to other people and the way we treat them. So tonight I want us all to take a look at blessing and it's going to be a little different than the one we get in our Facebook feeds. Uh, I, it, I think it might surprise us a little bit and maybe challenge us. But what it does is it opens up something extremely rare and extremely attractive, and that's this, the opportunity 
to experience blessingness, blessing and blessedness when our own circumstances may or may not be that great. Well, let's start with Mary, a 14-year-old probably, low-income woman who has gotten engaged and is now planning the biggest day of her life, her, her wedding. When God sends an angel, angel Gabriel who tells her, Mary, God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant. Now, before your wedding. And that blows up her plans. For her wedding, for her wedding night, for ever getting married. Is her fiancé really going to stick around? And Mary has to feel like, what just happened to me? What, what did I say yes to? And I put myself, or tried to, and I, I think she must have been thinking, I need to be away from Joseph for a little while, get my own head together before I try to explain it. I need some place kind of safe and hidden, and I need somebody who could possibly understand, but who could do that? I mean, I wish that there were an older, wiser woman who would know what it's like to suddenly have your life taken over by an unexpected, unplanned, God-sized pregnancy. And then she thinks, Elizabeth, that's where I got to go. She's old. She's never been able to conceive in her life. But the angel said she's now six months pregnant. And I don't know how I'm going to explain to her and Zechariah as a priestly couple how this pregnancy happened to me. But maybe she'll understand. Because just like me, she's having an unexpected pregnancy interrupt her life. So Luke 1, verse 39, Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country straight to Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. I picture them at the door, both with shawls on. Now, the two women who are meeting right there at the doorway are two medical miracles. Elizabeth is old. We don't know the exact age, but she's almost certainly past menopause and she's pregnant like that doesn't happen and Mary is a young woman who's never had sex and she's pregnant I'm picturing Elizabeth maybe 50 years old she knows what it's like to have hot flashes and Mary's 14 she's still got acne but they have one thing in common they are experiencing within their own bodies what the angel said Nothing is impossible with God. So Elizabeth is now carrying within her a baby boy named John who will prepare the way for the Messiah. And Mary's carrying a baby boy named Jesus who will be that Messiah. And now those two women meet at the doorstep. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and sang out exuberantly, you're so blessed among women, and the babe in your womb also blessed, and why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord visits me? Mary, you're blessed, and your baby is blessed, and I'm blessed. We could even say that little John still in the womb is blessed because he's so excited, he jumps up and down. 
As Elizabeth Elizabeth says to Mary, the moment the sound of your greeting entered my ears, the babe in my womb skipped like a lamb for sheer joy. And then she says, blessed woman who believed what God said and believed every word would come true. Now this is really amazing. Every person in this moment right now is blessed. Elizabeth is blessed. Her baby is blessed. Mary is blessed. Mary's baby is blessed. Now why? For our purposes tonight, what is it that makes them blessed? Definitively, biblically blessed. Well, let's go person by person and see if we can see if a pattern emerges. I'll start with little John the Baptist. If you know the story, Zechariah and Elizabeth, his parents, had been, had been spending year after year hoping they would have a child, never happens, try again, never happens. And year has turned into decade now, and they, they have had their hopes repeatedly disappointed. They've known what it's like to have your expectations utterly shattered by time. And yet, Zechariah has an angel show up who says, you're finally going to have a son. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth which is an astonishing promise of God. So now John, who's a baby at six or seven months in utero, is already sensitive to the Spirit of God. And so when Jesus, who get this, is God in an embryo, John senses that he's near, that he senses and he jumps for joy inside his mother. He's not even born yet, and he's already fulfilling his call as a prophet, pointing people to Jesus. Now, it's well known that a baby at six or seven months, like John is, can hear sounds. When uh, Karen was pregnant with our son, Andrew, and he was about that same place along, we went to this uh, church retreat, and I'll never forget, it was a Lutheran preacher named Wade Potts, and he got animated, unlike many Lutheran preachers, and he said... (laughs) No, I love Lutherans. I grew up Lutheran. So. <laughs> but he said, Jesus is king, like that. And when he declared Jesus is king, Andrew just went boom and kicked Karen, <laughs> I think as strong as ever in the entire pregnancy. But even if John the Baptist can hear, Jesus as an embryo is not making any noise. It's like he's given like night vision goggles or infrared or something. He can detect by the Spirit of God that the Messiah is right here. John is blessed because Jesus is near. Well, what about Elizabeth? Why is she blessed? Elizabeth has just said hello to Mary. And remember, Mary's in her first month. She's not even showing. But John's timed jump inside her tells her Something special is going on. And when she starts to speak to Mary, she's filled with the Holy Spirit and she starts saying some stuff that she couldn't know any other way except by the Spirit of God. Elizabeth says, why am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Well, how can she know this? How does she even know that Mary, a young virgin, is expecting a baby? And how does she know that that particular baby that Mary has is my Lord? Meaning, very clearly in the language here, the Messiah, 
God's chosen one, the one that we've been waiting for for centuries. And he just showed up at my door. His mother and this baby just are here. Elizabeth is in awe. It's a blessing to her to be near Jesus. Now, I imagine, had Elizabeth been feeling Facebook envy and discovered that Mary was pregnant, she might have said something like, I have to wait my whole life to get pregnant, and you get pregnant out of wedlock before you're even ready? Right? But she doesn't. By the Holy Spirit, she's given the gift to say something true, and she says, why am I so blessed? that the mother of my Lord comes to me. Elizabeth is blessed because Jesus is near. Well, let's go on to Mary then. Why is Mary blessed? Well, we know, as Elizabeth says, she's blessed because she believed what God said. She believed every word would come true. But it's by that faith and openness, that was sort of the means to greater blessing, that she now has within her, she's been brought near to God in this utterly unique way in which she's now carrying within herself the life and presence of God. And it's a blessing for her to be near Jesus. The closer you get, the more you're blessed. And Mary is blessed above all women because she is given this unique role that allows her to be supremely near Jesus Christ. It's interesting to me that when Mary was an old lady and sat down with Luke, who was writing his account of Jesus' life, and Luke is interviewing her, that she wanted to talk about this moment. This was one that stayed with her through all the years because it must have reassured her when she was so young and so vulnerable, Mary, this really is God at work. Babies are leaping. Your cousin is prophesying. You are blessed to carry the Son of the Most High. So John is blessed because Jesus is near. Elizabeth is blessed because Jesus is near. Mary is blessed because Jesus is near. But why is Jesus blessed? Well, we need a little more scriptures than just in this scene. But A.W. Tozier, I think, explains it pretty well this way. He says, Jesus spoke out of the fullness of his Godhead. And his words are very truth itself. He's the only one who could say blessed with complete authority. For he is the blessed one come from the world above to confer blessedness upon mankind. So Jesus doesn't get blessed from the outside, although he lives in the Father's constant affirmation and love, but he himself is the fountain of the blessedness. It all spills forth from him. So what does this all mean for you and me? Well, we all hit times in life where we feel, how am I supposed to feel blessed given this? Given this, this reversal, this heartache, this longing, this unmet expectation and hope, this conflict, this whatever it may be? And that is a very good question. Well, happiness is what you and I feel when something good happens to us. So what that means is sometimes we'll feel happy because good things are happening. And sometimes we won't. Sometimes we'll feel utterly downcast. And we won't always be happy and we should never fake it. But blessedness runs deeper than happiness. 
Blessedness is a whole other category and it does not depend on how good my circumstances are or yours. It depends on how good Jesus Christ is. And with Jesus, we can say, Jesus is near, even right now. Hashtag blessed. Jesus will never leave me nor forsake me. Blessed. With Jesus, this amazing new possibility opens up that's truly remarkable that being blessed is no longer based on what you have or don't have like a beach house. It's based on who we have. And we have Jesus. Have you reached that point where you can say, for me to live is Christ. If I got that, I'm okay. I'm blessed. Mary could. You know, we, we romanticize Mary, of course, in the Christmas carols and cards, but her life has just been flipped upside down. And her future is unknown. She, all she knows is it's probably difficult. But she can say, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most blessed woman on earth. She's blessed because Jesus is hers. And even though the prophetic word that a sword will pierce your soul is utterly true for Mary's life, she also experiences the most profound blessing. Have you figured out yet that blessing and piercing go together in life? And you and I can be blessed like Elizabeth. I think about Elizabeth. She suffered through decades of having her hopes dashed. And she finally receives the gift but she knows, even as she receives it, I'm going to have to let it go. This child is not just for me and Zechariah. This child has a special calling and anointing, and I'm going to have to let that child go out into the desert and find his own way. And yet she feels blessed because the Lord is near. Or we can be blessed like John. John, six to seven months in utero. He doesn't understand anything at all except here's Jesus, and he jumps for joy. A couple of years ago, maybe you saw this online like I did, a nine-year-old boy named Ronan Matten, uh, who's on the autism spectrum, mostly nonverbal, was taken by his grandparents to uh, Boston's Orchestra Hall, which you've ever been there or seen it. It's, it's lavish. It's ornate. And on the stage, the Handel and Haydn Society are performing, and they're in their dress black concert attire. And they're playing a piece by Mozart, and as they finish up the song and, and the conductor's still holding his baton there, there's this amazing like pregnant silence like there is in a concert hall before the audience can applaud. And right in that silence, you can hear Ronan yell out, wow! And at first, you can, there's like this collective gasp. The entire audience goes, like, this is Boston's Orchestra Hall. We've never heard this. <laughs> and then they laugh. And then they just start applauding riotously. Well, after the concert, the uh, Boston Orchestra put an announcement. We're looking for the person who did that. And the grandparents were like, oh, man, we <laughs> we're not answering that. We don't want Ronan to get in trouble. Uh, but they finally, finally did. And it turns out the orchestra wanted to reach them to invite them to a special dress rehearsal let Ronan come backstage because the conductor said, I've never had a moment like that in my musical career. And what, what Ronan 
experience is what you and I get when we get near Jesus. He just can't help himself. He's so glad to have this beauty and this greatness, and he just says, wow. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, uh, if our lives are kind of cramped like John's was at that time, Jesus is near. We're blessed. If we're carrying a weight like old Elizabeth, Jesus is near. We're blessed. If our life has taken a sharp turn we could never have foreseen or asked for on our own, Jesus is near. And like Mary, and like all who've experienced him over the years, we can say, when he is near, we are blessed. Amen.